Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let us begin. The <laughs> Behind the paywall, we well, not yet, actually. I'm so not used to yet. We're approaching the paywall. Indeed. Yes. So uh before we start all this other stuff, we wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone we met at WonderCon. We were there this past weekend in Anaheim. Uh got to meet one of our guests, Joe Quinones, in person, where I got my copy of Batman 89 signed. And uh, we also got to uh, go to a panel led by Marv Wolfman. And I met the met him, basically the legend himself, when he signed my copy of A Lonely Place of Dying. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we also got recognized by a couple fans who we wanted to shout out to, including uh, Ruben and Michael. So thanks for recognizing us at WonderCon. Yes, thank so, you. Thank you, guys. So, that was awesome. Uh, so uh, in less awesome news, I mean, I should have prepared the segue a little better. Uh, last week was uh, we uh, was the passing, unfortunately, of comic book artist Joe Giella. Uh, he is very relevant, actually, to our latest episodes because Giella was the inker on a lot of Flash comics. So he was okay. the inker on the first appearance of Wally West. Uh, I guess he made him ginger. Since that seems to be a recurring really? theme of us talking about Wally West. Uh, maybe, I, I mean, that's just me speculating since he was the one who was inking. Um, but uh, it, he was part of it. You know, he was part of that original appearance. Uh, he also he was the first to... to draw those ginger colors upon his <laughs> face. Yes. Uh, he also did the Flash of Two Worlds, which introduced the multiverse to DC, which is pretty huge. Uh, and the Conquerors of Time, which was the issue that I believe introduced the idea that both Barry and Wally could time travel. So that those are pretty big ones. Yeah. And on top of that, he was the, one of the artists who contributed to the first appearance of the Yellow Oval on Batman's chest. So, oh wow, okay, a ton of shit this guy was involved in. So rest in peace, Joe Giello. Rest in peace. Holy crap! I didn't uh, know he did all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the name sounded familiar, and then I read more and more about him. I'm just like, oh, yeah, like this is this is a big one. So, yeah, this is a mm -hmm. big, uh, I mean, he was he was basically one of the oldest living artists from that time period. So uh, it was, unfortunately, uh, seemed to happen last week when this happened. So uh, rest in peace. But uh, this week as well, we covered David Goyer's Flash script. So for this Patreon preview, we are going to cover, could there have been an influence from the Flash show from the 90s on Goyer's script? So I've been watching episodes of the show 
Uh, it's definitely the Flash done in the style of Batman 89 with a little bit of Dick Tracy, too, in the look of the city, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's got a Danny Elfman theme. It's got a comic booky version of Central City. It's got a Bob Ringwood style costume for the Flash with sculpted muscles on John Wesley's ship. But both the 1990s. <laughs> it's like the suit didn't suit didn't need much help, man. Like, yeah, look at this guy here. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's a pretty big dude anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but both the 1990 Flash show and the David Goyer script we covered this week have someone in common, and that's the female lead, Dr. Tina McGee. So Tina was a character in the Flash comics in the late 80s who served as a love interest for Wally West. But when they did the show in the Flash 1990, she ended up being a part of it as opposed to Iris West. So Tina was British in the show, played by British actress Amanda Pays. And since Barry was the Flash in the show, as opposed to Wally, she went from being Wally's love interest in the comics to Barry's love interest. One of the other things that Barry steals from Wally. Poor Wally. Okay. So uh, those familiar with the CW show know that the TV versions of Flash have worked with Star Labs a lot. And that's likely because the CW show was influenced by the 1990 show, where Barry entrusted his secret to Star Labs scientist Tina McGee here uh, as early as the pilot. And uh, she studied his speed and helped him through, you know, throughout the series and fighting crime and doing his stuff as the Flash and making sure that he survived doing it and and didn't burn out his metabolism and shit. So um, one other aspect, too, is that we meet Tina in the parking lot in the pilot, which is also how Wally meets Tina in the David Goyer script we talked about this week. So some influences there. Uh, when the CW started doing the Flash show a few years ago, they carried over cast members from the 1990s show, most famously Mark Hamill returning as the trickster, but also John Wesley Shipp as Barry's dad, Henry Allen, as well as Jay Garrick, as well as even the 1990 Flash reprising that role. But they also carry Tina McGee over through Amanda Pays. Uh, this time they had her as the head of Mercury, Mercury Labs in the CW show, uh, and obviously they didn't try to hook her up with Barry or Wally in the show, but it was hinted at a potential romance between her and Barry's dad, of course, also played by John Wesley Shipp. So uh, that's kind of a, a nice connection there. So there's a little bit of a history with this character, as we see, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Tina in the comics and how she relates to the one in Goyer's script. So Like I said before, in the comics, Tina is Wally's love interest. She's from the comics, written by Mike Barron, pencils by Jackson Guise, inks by Jack Torrance. Not that Jack Torrance from The Shining, but another (laughs) super question. And uh, Larry Mullen. See, he loves cannibalism. (laughs) Saw it on the TV. (laughs) Wendy, love of my life. I love that, dude. That shit. This is dark comedy, dude. The Shining is a dark comedy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> letters by Steve Haney and colors by Shelley Iber. And so uh, Wally is early in his career as the Flash. This is as early as the Flash number three uh, post-crisis in the late 80s. And uh, he meets Dr. Tina McGee in Star Labs in Utah. And she's a nutritionist. And they work together uh, at Star Labs to study him. And eventually they have to work together when the supervillain Kilgore strikes. So okay. uh, that's how they start off. Tina in the comics is actually originally unavailable. She is still married and she's also 32 while Wally is 20. So this oh, is an interesting man. dynamic. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Just like, this ain't Barry Allen. 
straight laced boy scout. This is Wally West. He's going after. <laughs> he's going after everybody. So, straight cougars, baby. Yeah. If you <laughs> cougar to him anyway, he's thirty. Yeah. Whereas to us, it's just like that's just normal age. Somebody younger, <laughs> younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Younger than both of us. Yeah. So, uh, but Tina still ends up falling for the twenty-year-old Wally, and she has been separated from her husband anyway, and wants a divorce from her husband. So. Uh, Goyer's script does have her ex-husband Jerry in the script, uh, but they're working together. They've already been divorced, and uh, Jelly sort I mean, Jelly Jerry sort of has this jealousy going on when he sees Wally hitting on Tina throughout the Goyer script, and it eventually leads to Wally mistakenly thinking that uh, Jerry McGee is Zoom, which he finds out is wrong because Jerry gets killed in the script. There is some precedent for this in the comics, however. So going back to the comic book version, Tina being older than Wally and still married decides I've got to get a divorce if I want to pursue anything with Wally. So she goes to Jerry asking for a divorce. This is Tina here. She goes to, to uh, Jerry asking for a divorce. And in a shocking scene, because this ain't your grandfather's Flash comic, he calls her a slut and beats her. Oh, so, man. And since she's so in love with a speedster, he decides to become a speedster himself. And so he's been experimenting with steroids and gives himself super speed through a drug and becomes the villain Speed Demon. So while he's not completely wrong in the Goyer script, Jerry McGee in the comics does become a speedster villain. Just not Zoom. Okay. Uh, That's cool. But yeah, it's definitely one of the darker... You know, you expect that kind of stuff in like a Batman comic, but like a Flash comic, you're not necessarily expecting darker stuff unless you already are familiar with this era. But, you know, it's, it's the opening, literally, of, of I think Flash number five. Is, That's a big ass hand. Oh, yeah. Arm. He's, yeah, he just becomes, <laughs> he's, he looks ridiculous. Uh, is it like a little bit portions. of little bit of body horror kind of thing right like his his body a little bit kind of it, yeah getting fucked up from the super juice he's on that's causing yeah. him to bald just like regular juice does yeah and he's also not like able to control it very well so he's always like crashing into shit when he doesn't mean to but it's like it, it's done more as like he's out of control it's not really done in like a comedic way right so it's, right it's he's a hell of a concept here the drug addict gone i mean like totally lost control like that's the yeah well, that was Goyer's take anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I could see that influence here. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. since Zoom is a much bigger villain in the comics than Speed Demon. He he sort of used the traits of Speed Demon and put it in Zoom. So, makes sense. Uh, in the 1990 Flash show, Tina's husband is mentioned, but he's already dead before the events of the show. Chalked up to uh, him experimenting on himself as a human test subject. Though, I mean, who knows? This is TV. They could have planned to have resurrected him later in a surprise twist. Uh, that does seem like something that the CW show would definitely do at some point because nobody stays dead in that universe. But uh, mm -hmm. who knows? If uh, the 1990s Flash show had a second season, maybe they could have done some version of that. So, uh, But yeah, we'll be comparing a lot more of Goyer's script to the comics and the adaptations that the characters got in the TV shows in this week's Patreon. And if you haven't already, check out our episode on the unmade David Goyer Flash script, which our Patreon patron Rene V praised, saying, quote, the best of all the unmade Flash scripts and one of the best things Goyer has ever written. I love this script. Pretty cool. Yeah, so. pretty much agree. I mean, it couldn't 
couldn't believe how good it was. Well, I could believe it, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, and so uh, real quick as well for this week before we go behind the paywall, we announced this on social media and in our community. But in case you aren't following us there, a few announcements. One, I'm getting my first fiction published. This is going to be in Metaphorosis Magazine in April 2023 edition, specifically on Friday, April 7th, 2023. It will be available on their website. Though, if you buy the issue itself off of Kindle for four bucks on Amazon, you will get it on April 1st. So that'll be even earlier. Uh, so mine will be the first one out there. It's the short story novella called Shortcut to Happily Ever After. Cover here is based on my story, art done by artist Gabriel Roswell, and is essentially about Daniel, who you see here in the green shirt. He's a hopeless romantic who uses time travel to find love. Whenever he meets someone new, he jumps to the future to see if their relationship lasts. And if it doesn't, he returns to the present to cancel the first date before anyone gets hurt, basically fulfilling the fantasy of not wasting any time. But <laughs> when his dating strategy starts ruining the fabric of time, Daniel has to go back and live through all the relationships he skipped, discovering what he missed the first time around. So check that out when it is released. It's an original piece, and uh, that is being released. But also... Uh, we've announced this beforehand. Something that's even more relevant to this podcast is that I'm adapting two Batman stories for the audio drama YouTube channel podcast, Newverse Creative, for this year. One being Batman 89 Shadows, which is the adaptation of the Batman 89 comic written by Sam Hamm, art by Joe Quinones, Clayton Cowles, and Leonardo Ito. And the other is Tim Burton's Batman 3, an adaptation of the original Batman Forever scripts by Lee and Janet Scott Batchelor and Akiva Goldsman. I know what you're thinking. I've spent so long debunking the existence of a Tim Burton Batman 3, but this is kind of like, well, if we were going to do one, we're going to bring it to life in audio. Newverse Creative is, I'm writing it. It's based off of the original scripts that we've covered in the podcast before since 2019. This will be the closest you get to a dramatization of it. And uh, on top of that, superhero stuff you should know, guest Ian Miller of Triple Threat Comics will be adapting the fan comic Batman Enigma. So... Like I've said on the uh, different posts, Newverse Creative is providing everyone with three alternative paths of where Michael Keaton's Batman could have gone after the events of Batman Returns and before The Flash, two of which are written by yours truly. So be on the lookout for them and uh, be sure to subscribe to Newverse Creative for when those come out. Awesome. Well, my plugs are in the middle of the regular show. <laughs> uh, I'm on a recon.com, A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N. Dot com. Check that out. And uh, Gaming Gaiden Podcast. That's G A. That's gaming and then Gaiden's G-A-I-D-E-N. Uh, search for that on YouTube and Spotify and all that jazz. But uh, is that pretty much it? Are we going behind the paywall now? We're going to go behind the paywall. So see everyone there. We are now behind the paywall. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. I got to play the fucking thing. Man, I'm fucking up, dude. Here we go. We're going now. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 